Welcome to the Resilient and Resourced Podcast, where you'll hear conversations with regular but strong-hearted people who explore resilience and discuss the role of resources and connections in their lives. I'm your host, Annette Adams, and on today's episode, you get to hear how I first met my guest and my friend, Lisa, several years ago. This conversation was recorded about a month ago, so the hope that the longer, lighter days are bringing us is even more relevant now than it was then. Lisa calls herself an open book who thrives on making real connections with others, and that's what makes this conversation so heartwarming. She's a strong proponent of being real with those around her so that she can get support when she needs it and give support when others need it. With creativity and an optimism that still honors difficult emotions, Lisa has found methods of staying hopeful and resilient through this pandemic year. As a newbie podcaster, I made the mistake of stopping the recording too soon because we ended up talking for another 20 minutes after that, and I was blown away again by how real, passionate, and direct Lisa is. You're in for a treat, so join the conversation. Okay, I'm so excited to have Lisa here today on the podcast. Welcome here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pleased to be here today. Great. So the first time I met you, it was very memorable, in fact. It was, I was invited out to, with a group of women to have a drink and I almost said no. I was tired from a long day of work, you know, a lot of social interaction at work and wasn't really happy about having to go out at night and kind of make small talk with people that I didn't really know. We had a few mutual friends. And so you and I ended up sitting right next to each other and you turned to me and said, so Danette, tell me, tell me something about yourself, what you're passionate about. Just tell me something. You didn't ask me you know, what my job was, how many kids I had or anything like that. It was like, just tell me something meaningful. And I was like blown away because that was the opposite of small talk. And I loved it. It was awesome. Can't remember how I responded, but that was my first interaction with you. And so I knew I wanted to have you on a podcast about, you know, heart forward people who just, you know, uh, make a difference in the world and just really want to talk about things that matter. So I would love for you to start telling me a little bit about you. And so instead of asking, you know, what your job is and all that kind of stuff, what matters to you and what resilience means to you? Wow. I certainly remember our first meeting and interaction as well. And uh, you certainly made quite an impact on me. And I think you're so genuine and I just love, love our conversation. So thanks so much for having me here uh, to talk today. Um, So I guess about me, I, I'm an open book, perhaps too much. So <laughs> if I go to buy something at the store, the cashier knows exactly what it's for because <laughs> I tell them my life story. So <laughs> um, I, I like to get real with people. I, I hate the, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. BS. Just how are you really? Like, <laughs> especially right now during COVID, this is such a, a messed up time. And if we can't be real with each other, we're not going to get the support we need. So I, I just, I welcome uh, quality answers and enough of the politeness. Nobody cares anymore for the fine thanks. It's, <laughs> I asked the question yeah. for a reason, not just to have a, um, a generic answer. You know what I mean? I, I want right. the, the truth so I can be there to, to support people. Um, I'm a very large proponent of women supporting women especially in the workforce. I think there's plenty enough room for all of us to shine. 
um, and enough challenges to overcome without one another's support. So um, love the conversations and connecting with women especially and just the support and being each other's cheerleaders, I think is so, so important. You asked about resilience, uh, what do you think of that? And I kind of think about my my life and how I've had a really great life. You know, I, I haven't had some difficult childhood I, I needed to overcome. I have great parents and uh, I think they set me up with a good foundation to be resilient. Um, okay. And by that, I mean, like when I was 15, my dad said, when you go to university, we can't afford to pay for it. So I'll help you do a resume. I'll drive you around to hand them out and you need to get a job. So I did. I started working 45 hours a week while I was in high school uh, when I was 15. So I, I was working at Eastside Mario's. I was working nearly every night, split shifts on the weekend. And I loved it. I really loved it. And um, I was able to put myself through university and graduate debt-free, and uh, I paid for the whole thing myself, and um, the confidence that that gave me, knowing that I, I can rely on myself and I can do things, uh, has set me up so beautifully for the rest of my life. So I think my resilience started with, with having parents show me that I can be resilient. You can do things on your own. Um, so I'm really grateful for for having that experience and having just loving, loving, terrific, supportive parents. Right. That's amazing. Um, so as a parent yourself now, do you see um, you offering sort of the same supports to your own children that your parents did or offering that same encouragement for strength and for relying on yourself, becoming self-reliable? I, I am. And of course, of course, the mummy guilt weighs in for everything. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. <laughs> but then I like to um, excuse some of my requests for them to do things for themselves with with the confidence in knowing how how that will serve them well in the future. You know, they're nine and 11. Yes, you can make your own breakfast. You can make your own lunch. Um, you can help clean. You can pick up after yourselves. Like I, I know um, a lot of people might make all the meals for their kids and that that's fine if that works well for them. Um, but I'm, I'm trying and I'm busy as well. I, let's not, let's not kid ourselves during COVID. I'm working full time at home and my kids have been doing distance learning from home since September. So we're all here fending for ourselves in a lot of ways. Um, right. So Teaching them to be able to do some things for themselves has not only been uh, important, but just necessary. Right. So you talked about the pandemic earlier when we started the conversation and then brought it up again now. So what have the challenges been um, for you during this pandemic? So, you know, when you talk about being resilient and making it through tough times and you didn't have to do that in your childhood, but what have been some of the challenges during the pandemic for you and your family? Oh, that's a, a really good question. Um, I think it was most challenging really in the spring, kind of when we were just getting into it. And it was super scary because we didn't really know what it would be like. Um, we, we didn't know food security. We didn't know so many things. Just that to me was scarier. And just the children trying to get used to some of their online schooling, which in the spring was extremely challenging. Um, at the same time, my work had never been busier. <laughs> so 
uh, a little history as well. I had taken eight and a half years out of my career to be a stay-at-home mom and had only recently in the last couple of years gone back to work. So when it came to asking for help, the children had been conditioned to come to me to ask for that help because I had been home with them for many years. So um, I really needed to to work with my husband to um, have him, you know, support uh, the children in their their at home learning as he had a little bit more bandwidth than I did at the time. Um, and that's working fabulously now. Um, he, he's really stepped up and the kids have learned that they can ask him <laughs> because he is home. He's there and uh, he, he's giving great, great help there. So that's been really important. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. We we made a, a challenging decision, obviously, with the school right across the street to keep our kids home this year. Um, I know that wasn't the most popular decision. I, I know that many of their friends are going to school outside of the lockdowns, of course. Um, you know, passing by our house in the mornings and afternoon as they go to and fro because the school is literally across the street. Um, but both of us working from home, we just felt it was the safest option um, for our family. And I understand every family has their own decisions and challenges and circumstances that would um, make their decisions different for their family. So I appreciate that as well. And how are your children then um, finding the parts that, that people would be concerned about? So the social connections about keeping um, kids home? during the pandemic. So how are your, how are your children faring? That's a really good question. Um, initially we had kind of coupled up with two other families that also were keeping their kids home um, and had, you know, um, some cancer in the family where, where they had to be very careful. And we, we trusted that they were being very careful and we would actually have the kids um, two times a week come together to do the distance learning together side by side just to give them a little bit of that face-to-face socialization um, and a, a lot of playdates with those families as well, we thought was pretty important. Um, additionally, they are they are making friends in their classes. Yes, it's distance learning, but they have a lot of breakout groups um, and, and they are actually making relationships, albeit virtually, with, with their classmates and for them, uh, because they started off in the distance learning program this year, most of the kids in their class they've never met, as it was kind of a conglomeration of kids from around the region. So um, it is different than just now the the children that uh, are just at home with a regular class and and teacher. Um, for my children, a lot of the kids in their class they had never seen before. So they did have to make an effort to build those relationships. That's going to be interesting then after the pandemic that they may have uh, new friends that they've made online that aren't in their class at school, but they may still be able to maintain connections or uh, meet outside of school and and do things. It's kind of going to be an interesting situation once school returns back into, you know, face to face. Yes. And please God soon. (laughs) And. I mean, at this point, I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound, right? We have the kids home. So I, I suppose until likely until next September, um, provided that there aren't any more hangups with the vaccine and so on, they should be back in class then. So it's going to be interesting, you're right, to see 
how they uh, re-engage in a, a live environment. Certainly there's been a lot less drama this year. There's no school <laughs> school drama coming home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so your your kids then would be in middle school, right? Uh, so they're so in grade four like and six. six. Okay, so it's, yeah, the middle school is where all the drama, if I remember correctly. <laughs> a lot of the drama is in the like grade seven and eight, so. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. I want to talk of your a little bit now towards um, some strengths. And I want to say that when you, when you and I first met after that first meeting, uh, then we were at a girl's cottage weekend and I found out that you had so many other things on the way up to the cottage. You and I chatted in the car and you told me about the work you're doing and how much you just love your work. Like you were just so passionate about, about your work. And then I get there and find out uh, how passionate you are about cooking. And you showed us pictures of like amazing meals and you made us an amazing fish dinner. Um, and then I find out during the pandemic, you took up painting. Like you just seem to me this font of creativity. Um, and I just want to know what you see as your strengths, um, like something that you just love about yourself. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. It's hard to talk about what we love about ourselves, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I think I think one thing I really am so proud about is having real connections with people. And I, I'm a total empath, uh, which can be a disservice to myself at points. Uh, but I really feel things deeply. And I, I feel that I can be there for my friends in a, a really deep, compassionate way. And... Um, to me, that is one of the, the biggest things I'm, I'm proud of. Yes, I, I do love cooking. I do love painting now, which I have just taken up during the pandemic. I hadn't painted in 30 years, and I find it a beautiful escape, almost a vacation into the canvas as we're locked down and confined to our houses. Um, but I, to me, the thing I'm most proud about myself, I think, is that People, my friends would say that they have a real connection that's not just superficial. Um, it, it's deeper and they know that, I hope they know. If, if you don't know friends, please know you can come to me with anything and I, I really will be there for you. Yeah, that's, and I, I see that and recognize that in you, uh, you know, as having only known you for less than two years, I think that is very, very clear from, from the first moment I met you. So now we've talked about um, some of the challenges of the pandemic and things that you love about yourself. And I want to know what resources you tap into regularly to maintain this. So to maintain your passion and love about your work and your creative outlets and supporting your children at home and maintaining your own sense of resilience. So, you know, what kind of resources do you tap in regularly? Wow. Um, I love to chat with my parents throughout the week. As I started off the conversation, they've always been there for me and extremely supportive and uh, helps to keep me grounded. So I certainly reach out to them for a sense of support always throughout my life and, and will continue to do so. Um, as I referenced earlier as well, my husband's been very supportive. Uh, my job has been crazy busy but I love it I love it I love it I love it um in my job I get to help people and it just feels so good uh 
But during this time, these companies that I help have needed extra help. So it's been just a, a super busy time. So uh, my husband's picked up the slack with respect to dinner. He's He makes dinner now nearly every night. You know, I love to cook, but we wouldn't yeah. be eating till like eight o'clock if he didn't step up. And he has been doing a super, super job at helping there uh, to keep the family going and functioning and fed. Uh, so, so certainly that. Um, and friends, you know, having having our, our virtual chats uh, with the ladies sometimes and, and so on, that's uh, a nice way to think this will end and gives us some hope for things to look forward to, our girls' cottage weekends and so on to come. Uh, I think it's important to have things to look forward to um, and, and hold on to that just to keep keep you energized and optimistic throughout this weird weird time where there is no end date per se right although we can see sort of light at the end of a tunnel feeling it's feeling a little bit more hopeful i just feel like the beginning of this new year there has been a tiny bit more hope and when i look outside and it's you know even just a hint of sun it just feels a little bit more like we're coming near the end but like you're right we don't have an end date yet we don't know when it's coming yeah and i i think too that uh, what I found really hard last year was the conflict in the world. You know, the maskers versus the anti-maxers, the va- the vaxers versus the anti-vaxers, the the politics, um, the anti-black movement, which I completely agree with. But then the the, the fighting um, and police brutality and everything that ensued from that, and I just found this whole um conflict in the world very hard for me to deal with as as an empath it hurt my heart <laughs> so i i think too with the the new um u.s government i'm feeling much more optimistic as well that that should help to ease some of this conflict in the world um you know with vaccines coming forth as approved um i'm feeling as well optimistic as well with respect to COVID. So I agree. I think that there is a light at the end of the tunnel now. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see some change soon. Yeah. And just feeling that to me, hope is one of my resources is that I keep drawing on to make it through the spring sort of thing, you know, because we still have a couple more months of winter that a lot of people find really challenging when it's darker and colder. And we, we just talked earlier about not getting outside very much yes. um, and staying in a lot. And um, so, yeah, so we just need to kind of hold on to our resources and draw on them through the rest of this winter into the spring. When, when we get outside, we'll feel a little bit more invigorated and. Yeah, absolutely. I think I love how you said hope is a resource of yours because it truly is. Hope and excitement for something in the future, I think, is uh, a fantastic thing to draw on. Um, and, and positive distractions. We bought, um, in uh, the end of October, we bought a really crappy cottage on a beautiful property. <laughs> and it's required um, a lot of work so far. There were, I think, six active leaks in the roof. We ended up removing five tons of garbage. We had a 500 foot long mud driveway. <laughs> that um, anyway, we uh, have plans obviously for the spring to continue the work there, and that's just such a fun distraction through this to have something to look forward to and something else to think about. Um, 
And I found with my work, I'm very productive. And with my extracurricular activities like painting and so on, I found being productive um, is empowering too. And it gives you a sense of control uh, as well over the situation. And I think, I think as much as we can without being hard on ourselves if we can't be productive, right? right? Because there are times too when I just want to lay down and I don't want to get up for a long time. And that's fine too, right? Just honoring honoring our body, our mind, our spirit, what we feel we need at that time. Right. Like befriending ourselves instead of being a harsh critic on you should be doing more of this or shouldn't be doing that or whatever. Yeah. I just, my therapist just said to me yesterday, like, sometimes you just need to get off your own back, like just lay off and like let yourself be unproductive. Yeah. Or be productive, like do whatever you're, you're, you're honoring yourself. So yeah, that's a nice way to put it. I've been honoring myself a lot without doing any exercise in about 12 months. (laughs) (laughs) There's a season for everything, Jeanette. It'll be fine. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. For sure. So I want to know, as we sort of wind down our talk a little bit now, I want to know if you would have some advice for people who might be struggling. They might be struggling with hope. Uh, they might be struggle struggling with um, not being kind or not befriending themselves or just sort of feeling like, how am I going to make it through these next few months? Maybe they're like you, a parent working from home and having kids at home. Do you have some sort of advice based on your own sense of, resilience and you know relying on yourself but also your resources that you've drawn into you well good question um I think that you know bringing into the honoring yourself part as well that if you are feeling really down that's okay too and if you're having a really sad day like I cried from December 23rd to December 25th nearly nonstop. that's okay too um, those are valid feelings and this is a weird time and just as valid as being happy um, but just not to get stuck there uh, work through it but let it out let it out I mean, go punch a wall I don't know <laughs> let it out <laughs> but it's okay my point is you can't you can't be happy all the time it, that's not realistic it's it's a highly emotional time for some people um and I find when I'm so productive, I don't think about things. And then when I slow down, kind of the, the gravity of the situation hits me. And that's where I have some tears shed for a couple of days. And then I get back, get back going. But just don't get stuck there. Reach out to friends. Um, talk to your partner if you have a partner. And, you know, it's okay to know that, uh, that you can't, don't have to be strong all the time. That someone can carry you for a while. And that's okay. And then just try and reciprocate. (laughs) Reciprocate where you can because someone can't carry you all the time. Um, But we will get through this. Uh, People have gotten through far worse. One thing I wanted to say as well um, is, like, I I don't know how you're going to meld this in. So (laughs) if you don't, don't worry about it. Um, but when I had my first daughter, it was a very, um, scary labor and, uh, they, I had no birth plan. The only plan I had was it's going to suck. And then I'm going to get to hold my baby. And what had happened was uh, her heart rate suddenly decelerated because the cord got 
tied around her neck and they had to, you know, very quickly get her out of me. Um, and my, uh, what's it called? The, the pain medicine, what's it called? The epidural didn't work. It didn't work. And I wasn't frozen anywhere. And it was, it was quite painful, very scary. And then they rushed her out of the room to help save her life. I didn't have that that moment. Like I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to suck. And then I thought I'd hold my baby, but there was no holding the baby. The baby was out of the room, and I ended up having uh, PTSD from that. And I felt really guilty about having PTSD because at the end of the day, I had a healthy baby. At the end of the day, I was fine, and I thought. You know, there's a lot of people that don't come home with the baby in some of those circumstances. What right do I have to have PTSD over this? I have these these feelings. Um, but something I really learned from that, and speaking with the therapist as well, is that you can't judge yourself against other people's experiences. You know, your experiences are your experiences, and and, and to honor again, honoring those feelings. And that's okay. Um, just because someone's had a harder life doesn't mean <laughs> your feelings don't, don't matter. Does that make sense? Are valid. Yes, yeah. that you Yeah, you're validating your own experience. Yeah, and your own feelings. Yeah, I love that. That feels like a theme of your life. So what's come out of this conversation, what I know about you is, is honoring yourself. And part of that means knowing that you're really strong and can handle things, but also knowing that there's times you're going to break down and you need help from other people and you're going to reach out and ask for that. So it's basically honoring whatever comes up. That seems like whether it's, you know, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the scary stuff, but you know, you're strong and resilient, but you also reach out to resources, which is what I love. That's what I love about you. It goes back to the open book. And if I'm having something exciting in my life, I'm going to tell someone. If I'm having something scary in my life, I'm going to tell someone. Yeah. And that's how I deal in the world with uh, this open communication. Um, yeah, I took, as I said earlier, I took eight and a half years off uh, from work. I shouldn't say from work. To be a stay-at-home mom, which is damn hard, as you know. Um, <laughs> but when I decided to re-enter the workforce, holy crap, was that ever scary? Thinking, do, do I still have valid skills? What value do I still have to offer? Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, again, through a lot of conversations with some good friends who were like, you got this. And, and now I absolutely love my job. And uh, yeah, I think friends, connections, um, communication, it's where it's at, Danette. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has just been a fabulous conversation. I feel like I know so much more about you now and where your your energy comes from. Being an empath and being an open book, being honest, you can see that you're caring for yourself and that gives you the space and the energy to care for other people in a way. So I just, yeah, I love that about you. Yeah. Thanks, and, and so you know I love you and I can't wait to hug you again. <laughs> We will be able to do that soon. Let's just start planning that next cottage weekend and it'll all be good. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So thank you so much uh, for this chat. I, I can't wait to see you in person. And until then, until our next girls chat, let's uh, take good care of yourself 
Andrew. You too, Demet. Thank you. Okay. Love you. <laughs>